Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, my guest is James Poirier, a fitness trainer and transformational coach, helping high performers and entrepreneurs achieve their fitness goals. James, thank you for joining me today, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, Lucas. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So before we get into what you're doing now, tell us about yourself. How did you get into what you're doing? Absolutely. So um, just to bring it back uh, to set some context for as I how I got into this industry, um, from the ages of 10 to 20 years old, um, I was in the depths of drugs, alcohol addiction. I was in and out of jails and institutions. And I had zero disregard for how I treated my body. Yet one of my core beliefs has always been as a child growing up, health and fitness was always one of my core values. So I was out of integrity for so long. It wasn't until I got sober three and a half years ago that I began to take care of my body and really honor it as the God-given vehicle that I now see it as to be. And as I continued to trudge down the path of sobriety and recovery, it was a vital component for me and it was necessary. It was a requirement for me to take care of my body, to eat clean, to exercise. And that only continued to fuel my fire and passion for health and fitness. And that just continued to develop over time and to the point where I no longer said side jobs, anything that's not related to health and fitness and to my purpose is not going to serve me. So I, I burned the ships in the harbor, so to speak, and dove fully into this as my passion. And I haven't looked back ever since. Hmm. That's powerful. I love that MacArthur quote. <laughs> if you want to take the island, you got to burn that's the right. ship. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, let's, let's go back though. What, what was going on in those early early days being so young that led you into alcohol and drugs? Mm, that's a great question. So, um, at the time, you know, I, and as you know, this quote, I didn't know what I didn't know. So mm. I was living the life that I was so familiar with pain, angst, restless irritability and discontent was my, my MO. And that was what I lived on for so long growing up. I always felt uncomfortable in my own skin. I always felt as if I didn't belong um, and I continued to get in trouble and that would manifest itself in many ways in my life. Uh, I went to about nine different high schools growing up, began to hang out with the wrong crowd. Um, but to bring it back even before that, I realized as a, as a result of doing some really personal work um, in the last couple of years and deep diving on myself, I recognized where a lot of that angst came from. Um, cause as you know, we don't come into this world, children, um, having these, these issues, you know, we, I, I truly believe we all, every single child comes into this world, pure yeah. and innocent. And I, uh, as a result of doing some 12 step work, um, I sat down with another gentleman and I began to write out my deepest, darkest secrets. These are the secrets that I thought I was going to go to the grave with. Um, and one of those secrets was when I was, four or five years old, I was sexually abused. Me and my mm. brother were sexually abused by our babysitter. And without going into too much of the details, he, it was it was a very traumatic experience. 
Um, whether I realized it or not at the time, it was, it really robbed me of my innocence and destroyed and warped the view that I had on any sort of healthy Hmm. relationships. And I was essentially over-sexualized, you know, at a very young age. Um, Hmm. and again, looking in hindsight, seeing how all that affected so many different areas of my life, it's all so clear now, but you know, that was the really the the thing that that the fuel to the to the fire of chaos that fueled my life for so many years and then proceeded it was like I would attract um, I was on that vibration that vibration that frequency and I would attract even more similar situations I was ended up a few years later I was physically abused um, for a couple a two year period by a a friend's sister's boyfriend, I'd go over to her house and I would just be humiliated, abused, uh, shot with BB guns and just beat, beat to the point I was covered. My whole body was covered in bruises and humiliated and I was overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a phase where I was overweight in junior high and I was, um, again, humiliated, beat, beaten, made fun of. And that really just continued to fuel the cycle of self-destruction and, low self-worth and all the things that come along with that. Um, and that's the dark side. That's the dark side of this, of my story that not a lot of people maybe want to talk about or want to hear, but I, I, I'm a firm believer that it's a firm, it's, it's a necessary component of, of my story. Hmm. First of all, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for sharing that. I'm honored that you've come on here and are secure, strong, and aware enough to share your truth. You along, as well as I, gone through, we've gone through the fire. We've gone through the darkness. We've, we were, our heads were held under the water, so to speak, and kept there. And that struggle to be free, that desperate flailing to feel any sense of reprieve from that pain Mm. has led you and led me down some destructive paths. And this is what I want to ask you. From your perspective, it took a, it took almost a decade, took a decade for you to finally share what you thought you were going to die holding on to. Something that the realest thing that happened to you, you were, you were willing to rather die than share that. Mm. until you did share it what what is that because i i I know statistics say that just one in six listening to this podcast and that's reported have gone through Mm. things like you and i have Mm -hmm. but the ones that don't report like you or i the ones that Mm -hmm. we live with you know this great mask these great facades these great public personas but the reality is the darkness never leaves. Why, why do you think that is that 
you weren't able or willing to share what happened, where, where do you think that comes from? And I'm, I'm asking truly as I'm wrestling with, hmm. is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it fear of judgment from others? I mean, what is that intrinsically inside hmm. people that they'd rather hold on to what happened rather than share and be free? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I've also, I too, to this day still, it's a million dollar question. Um, I still to this day wrestle with that as well. Um, my experience is that, yes, all of the above, uh, shame, guilt, um, fear of judgment, all those things, you know, it was, you know, the best kept secret in the family for, uh, for a long time. And even when I did bring it, there was, I think one or two points when I did bring it up to the family. And my perception of how it was perceived was, well, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's just what happens. And we don't talk, we don't talk about that. We kind of sweep that under the rug. Mm. So that really reiterated the fact that, okay, wow, I don't get to talk about this. This is a secret. This is something to be ashamed of. And, you know, I really, as of recently, I've done a lot of work specifically on a lot of this trauma and one of my spiritual mentors, uh, father Mike, he really spoke into this of where that shame comes from. Um, and he really put it, painted a, a picture with it where, you know, you tell a child there's, you know, guilt versus shame. You tell a child, he hits his little brother. Hey, don't do that. That's not nice. Would be, you know, almost a healthy sense of guilt versus, Hey, don't do that. You're a bad kid. Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Exactly. Yeah. And for me, Another insight that I really recognized where potentially, you know, I don't know if this is, this isn't science or psychology, but potentially some of the reasons why we, why we attach shame, why we take on the blame for something so terrible that happened to us that we had no say in why, why should, why do naturally, you know, people that have gone through such traumatic experiences, why do they take on all that white? Why do they somehow feel like it's their fault? And I think what I've, I think it's really a, we want to have a sense of control around the situation. So if we tell ourselves, well, there was something that I could have done about it, then we somehow have control over it in some way or another, or the mm. delusion of control. Hmm. So if the, maybe if there was just something I could have done about it, no, I could have, I could have stopped, I could have stopped it. Then there's still that little, you're hanging on to some sense of control, at least in my experience. And that was what kept me stuck for so long. holding on to a sense of control when in reality we have no control mm. and it's not until what it sounds like you surrendered. So it wasn't, I know until I fully surrendered, fully surrendered. I mean, I would have rather died than not changed. I came to that point. I could not live. I couldn't, I could not live anymore. I was going to find reprieve one way or the other. And I thank God that I did change, that I did have the courage, but also was in an environment safe enough to share 
what happened mm. and the effects. And I know people listening right now are, re are resonating with this and you just sharing your story are freeing people right now. It's giving people permission to look inside and be like, well, maybe it's, it is okay to, to bring this to the light. What do you, is there something, I mean, I want to keep our conversation about your story, but also, you know, what, what would you share to someone listening who resonates with what you've gone through? Yes, absolutely. And you know, you guys, I really want to bring this home and I don't want this to be a, a huge doom and gloom pod podcast. Really the purpose of me bring, going so deep and being so vulnerable with my story is for that intention in itself is to let anybody out there know listening that surrender and vulnerability is going to be the key to your freedom. I know it was for me. I know it was for Lucas is anybody out there going through it. First and foremost, I, I know what you're going through. You're not alone because as Lucas described, one in six is a very conservative statistic when it comes to this kind of stuff, because there's a lot of people out there that still have not spoken up about this. So I would first tell the listeners, you guys are not alone. And there's so much support out there. There's so many people that have been through it that are either going through it or also in, you know, the position of Lucas and myself that have been able to transform that pain into purpose mm. and, I truly believe that life happens for me, not to me. And I truly do believe everything happens for a reason. And I got to go through the fire, like you said earlier on the, on the podcast, I got to go through the fire so that I can also help others get out of the fire. Hmm. So that's anybody out there know that you have a purpose, you have a mission, you have a calling. And the first step is surrender and getting it out there, sharing it because mold can't grow in the light. It can only grow in the dark. Hmm. Powerful. That's good. So here we are. We're, we're two guys. We're talking on this <laughs> podcast. And I think, you know, one thing that I recognize in you and, and I am curious your thoughts on this, but I know for me, a lot of people, um, reference my smile quite a bit. And one thing that I recognize in you on your photos and when we first met is your smile. And my, my thought is regarding the smile because many, for many years I smiled through the, you know, as a mask mm -hmm. and it was that <laughs> learning to perfect, you know, like, Hey, it's all good. And, yeah. and, but truly it's also sourced from a very real place is that is that's that's the expression <laughs> i believe our smiles are the expressions of our souls and um do you, i mean what are your thoughts on that cuz you you smile and we both have developed the smile that that connects as well as it's connected to something <laughs> real Oh, I love that. And thank you. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for your smile because it is very, I'm actually smiling from you to you right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very, just picturing your, your smile, Lucas is so infectious, so contagious. And Thanks, brother. yeah, it's interesting. I love that insight. I've 
never really looked into it from that from that perspective but i would say yes um you know deep down deep down underneath all that that pain and is really just a, a desire to be loved um and a need to be loved and i believe that's in every single man woman and child and you know i'll, I'll just speak vulnerably and transparent with you guys i am um spiritual and a big part of why I'm here today, I believe, is because is by the grace of God. Mm. And when I smile, I think it, I've I feel as if it's channeling divine energy and source, and it's really just connecting with with God, mm. really at a fundamental level. And I think I think that's what everybody is seeking in one form or another. So that smile, as you said, is the full expression of that. And yes, I can totally relate for so long. I became a master chameleon. You know, I became, mm-hmm. I became so good at reading other people and being who you wanted me to be or who I thought you wanted to be in any given situation. And I, that was, you know, like you described, I was such a master facade. And now coming, being able to smile from pure authenticity because I genuinely am happy in yourself, like that's, that's priceless. Mm. That's cool. Oh, that's good, brother. So you've gone through the journey. You've done a lot of work. You, like you just said, to love, to be loved. And one of your big missions is self-love and fitness Mm -hmm. and health, like you said. And I know you and I, we see eye to eye when it comes to our purpose of how to treat people, to love people, and also to love ourselves. And where where on your journey or when on your journey were you able to get out of the darkness and into the light where you're now helping others with their health and fitness? Mm. Good question. So the turning point for me, um, as I was speaking into earlier, um, as I continue to dive into my health and fitness. So to give you a quick backstory into that, I was working construction as an electrician for about a year and a half. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. And ideally I was like, well, this is, you know, it's a good trade. It makes decent money. Um, but there was no passion in it. There was no heart. Um, and during this time I was, you know, bringing meals to work, you know, meal prepping, and I was going to the gym before and after work and talking about fitness and watching fitness videos on my break. And I came to a crossroads. I got laid off from a job, an electrical job. And I, I had a choice. I could either continue heading down this path that was sucking the life out of me with no passion, or I can roll my sleeves up, jump out of the nest and go fully into what I was passionate about. So that was, that was about a year and a half ago. And ever since then, um, worked at a couple gyms here and there, but I recognized that, you know, working for really working for any kind of corporate establishment only hindered me from really being able to fully add value and be in my purpose. So I, I decided to go full hundred percent private trainer. And this was, uh, about, about a year ago. And I haven't looked back since that's when I really made the decision to, to, um, 
pay it forward, so to speak, right? And give back what was so freely given to me, the gift of fitness and health and help others that are also going through whatever they're going through. And part of part of what makes my fitness program different from a lot of others out there is that it's it starts with the mindset. Like you were talking about, I'm mm. more than just a personal trainer. I'm a fitness coach and a transformational coach. So it, I start with, I run my all my clients through a vision consultation, figure out what their vision is and how that play, how, how health is going to help them accomplish that vision. Because I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I was seeking just the aesthetics of having a nice body. And that's great, but it's not fulfilling and it's, it right. can actually lead to, to emptiness. So I'm really all about setting people up for success. What's really behind this? What are you going to achieve? What's going to be possible when you meet your fitness goals? What are you going to feel? And that's what I'm all about. Hmm. What, what do you think, working with your clients, what are some of the, are there, and if there are, what are they, some of the main themes that people um, are dealing with, that they're wrestling with when it comes to their health and fitness and their overall ways of being? Mm. So uh, for my target audience, which is high high performers, entrepreneurs, business owners, freelance agents. Um, there's a very common theme with all those, this audience, which is uh, time. You know, people are always on the go, working 18 hour days, time. Um, convenience, you know, being on the go, it's hard to find healthy meals. It's to find time to go to the gym, hire a trainer. Those are usually the common surface level problems that I see. But again, as I described, as we go deeper, it's never the surface level things. It's usually something more. Um, there's there's some emotional attachment to I'm not where I want to be, you know, or I can't perform at my highest level. Um, so, for for example, time, you know, somebody saying I don't have enough time is really just another way of saying this is not a priority. Hmm. So, if somebody wants to make that a priority because they have time to work 18 hour days towards their, towards their purpose, towards their vision, because they're making that a priority just as just like, you know, they're delegating time to their family, to their hobbies, etc. So when health becomes a priority and they're, you know, the client, my clients are able to, to really see that and emotionally resonate with that, then it's, it's game over. But, that's what I, that's the process that I do. That's so different and unique from most people out there is that I really evoke that within them of landing, landing that and letting that resonate with them, the importance of the health and fitness. And it gets to be their idea. I don't force it upon anybody, but by asking a strategic set of questions, it really gets down to the, their core of why health and fitness is important to them. And just to finish tie that off, you know, ways of being, I really love that, that term that you use because ways of being is everything, you know, be, do, have, as we know. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you want to speak into that? Yeah. So the concept of be, do, have is great where I think we're conditioned to think, do, have, be, or have, do, be, which means our, our, I think in society, the mindset is if I do this, 
then I can have that. Mm-hmm. Then I'll finally be happy or be peaceful. Or if I only had this, then I could do that. And then I'll finally be happy or be at peace. And the reality is just like you were saying that we're born pure. We are born into the state of a human being so that we are constantly in a state of being, which affects our doing and our having. So when we understand how we be content, grateful, and, you know, ambitious, you can be a state of your ways of being can be ambitious, but acknowledging your state of being so that you can do in mm-hmm. order to have, or you're acknowledging your way of being so that you can have in order to do that is the, the reality and what it's an inverted pyramid versus this pyramid mm-hmm. of like, finally, I will ascend to a way of being that will make me happy. And that's not, that's not true. It's what did you choose today? Did you wake up grateful? Did you thank God? Did you, were you thankful in any way, shape or form about having a breath in your lungs in your eyes mm-hmm. being able to open? <laughs> yes, Because I love that, that is the way of being that you, I, I think everyone needs to start at in Judaism. There's a prayer, the Moadani and the very first prayer in Judaism, which I, I think is profound uh, beyond profound. And to everyone listening, remember, this is not a religious podcast. However, there are some beautiful nuggets that you can take and we can all take from these different facets of life. And in mm-hmm. Judaism, the very first prayer they say is, I thank you, O great and eternal King, for returning my soul within me with compassion and loving kindness, for great is your faithfulness. Wow. Like, that is mine. That is the very first. From the, oh, when I heard that, I was like, wow. <laughs> that is the greatest state of being to start intentionally every day of just gratitude that even the breath in our lungs is a gift. Mm, absolutely. So that's, that's how I describe <laughs> what you have. All right. Mic drop. You guys, this podcast is now over. <laughs> um, so now that you're you're doing this for a year full time you're you're making an impact what what is your vision what where do you want to where are you taking this mission of yours yeah so where i'm taking this mission of mine is essentially i'm transitioning to I, i'm currently transitioning implementing at this time a more of a coaching model into what i do so coaching into, again, ways of being necessary to achieve the results, as you described, and, and really coaching into that aspect. Um, and, you know, the fitness part is, is definitely a part of it. Um, and the results are going to come for sure. Um, but long term, where I, where I see myself and my vision for what I'm doing is eventually to start scaling, you know, a coaching model and also beginning to speak on stages. Um, I have a calling to be, to be speaking on stages and sharing, sharing my testimony and more importantly, um, empowering others through, 
through mindsets and through, through fitness. So I'm going to be having seminars, workshops, um, masterminds, stuff like that. That's going to entail, you know, ways of being transformational coaching, emotional intelligence, a lot of the stuff that you and I have backgrounds in, but interactive, bringing the body into it, bridging Mm. the gap, what I like to call bridging the gap between mind and body and spirit. And that's, that's really, you know, in a nutshell, what, what my vision is. And that's, that continues to grow and expand every day. You know, you ask me what my vision is in a week and it's probably going to be even bigger than that. Love it. Yes. And for the, the word vision and, and dreams, um, I think, you know, whatever your dream is, is a synonym for your vision and whatever your vision is, is a synonym for your dream. Mm. And they can constantly grow as they should. I think our vision should always be greater than, well, it, it must, it's imperative that one's vision is greater than one's circumstance for the moment that it's not, that's where suicide, the darkness, the, the despair, the hopelessness, all those negative dark moments, because vision, it, it entails us looking up. It, it, if you think vision, does your mind go down to your feet or does it go up into the sky? And vision takes us up. It thinks great, greatly. It takes us to the skies. It expands. It's how, how great can we make our vision that when we keep our focus on that, yes, we can walk through whatever. And I think, you know, these, these, wherever we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the highest heights or the deepest depths, wherever we go, when our vision is higher than our circumstance, there's nothing we cannot overcome. There's nothing that we cannot do. And I think what happens, especially to you, what happened to me at a very young age is we were, we were brought into this world with a specific vision that we were supposed to carry out. And for whatever reason, things or circumstances or people test that vision, Mm. you know, testimony, the premise of that word is test. If yes. everyone had everything easy, it's like, well, no, who, who wants to listen to that person? <laughs> like, well, I had everything easy and you know, <laughs> there's nothing in that there's, mm-hmm. but a testimony is like my vision was, and sadly, I don't think enough people are affirming whatever your vision is, whatever your dream is, it is valid. It could be, you could be the greatest knitter. Like my knitting will, <laughs> will keep the world warm, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful to to blanket those with newspaper, keeping them warm right now or whatever it is. I mean, that when you start to think like those innate gifts that we're all given, it is tied to the vision that we have. And a lot of us need to just go and do the work to discover. And that's, and I'm just affirming what you're saying is it's growing because the more work we do, the more it uncovers like, wow, how big can my vision be? And yes. anyone that comes to you James, me, or anyone listening that says, well, who do you think you are? What do you think you're better than me? What do you think you're holier than me? Who do you think you are? Mm. I, I, my own dad said that to me. What do you think you're better than me? This is when I was 28 years old, wow. two years into business. And he didn't say it gently. 
and it crushed me. It I have mm. I've heard that my whole life. I mean that he finally, um, well, the one time that I remember specifically him yelling it at me, but I've heard it my whole life. I have attracted people my whole life up until this past year that have made me feel that. Who do, who do you think you are? What do you think you're better than me? And then most of us retreat back into the faceless, nameless crowd. Like our, mm. our first response is to say, no, you know, no, I'm not. And I want to encourage everyone listening, especially you, my brother, James, because your vision is beautiful and I want to support you in that is the response to what do you think you're better than me? What do you think you're holding me? Who do you think you are? Is to look inside and say, I am. And then you affirm yourself. I am free. I am safe. I am loved. I am abundant. I am powerful. And regardless of, that's my affirmation that I can give myself. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> regardless of what another may think, I'm going to die alone as they are. <laughs> Doesn't hmm. matter how, how close we are with relations. Hmm. We all, at the end of the day, come in and go out with our own mind and our own head and our own heart and our own chest. Mm -hmm. And I want to affirm everyone listening that whatever your vision is, grow it, expand it because it's valid. And the world is waiting for, for all of us to take that deep, deep breath into our lungs and go, go forth. Yes. Powerful. I'm getting fired up today. I love it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'm over here doing deep belly breaths and, and I got an internal dialogue right now saying all my oh. affirmations and yes, mm. this is powerful, man. I, I love I'm, it. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. Oh man. Thank you. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Best way to do that is going to be on Instagram. That's the platform I'm most active on at James Poirier fitness. Uh, the spelling will be on the podcast. So all one word at James Poirier Fitness. Feel free to uh, send me a direct message. I'd love to connect with you. I love it. Oh, brothers, it's been, it's such a pleasure. And thank you for being honest. And thank you for telling the truth. And thank you for being strong in vulnerability. Because everyone listening today, whether they were the five and six or the one and six, all six in that statistic have benefited. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. And it's been an honor and a privilege to be on this, this podcast. It's, it's so cool to, to witness you, one of my brothers, one of my best friends to step into mm. your vision. And I couldn't, I'm just an honored and privileged to be uh, to be a part of this. So thank you. It has been such a pleasure having you listen today. This conversation was one of my favorite conversations that I've had on this podcast. James Poirier is is a powerful, powerful leader. And I encourage everyone to follow him, get uh, in touch with him. And regardless if you do or do not, my encouragement to you is be open, be honest, bring the truth to the light so that can you can receive the healing, you can receive the freedom. I, I say that love gives truth permission to come forth, resulting in personal freedom. And I want you to be free. I also want you to be free in a mission to treat every person on planet Earth the way you would want to be treated, to love people 
for the simple sake that they are people and not to divide, not to put labels, not to stand in judgment of another, but to simply say, I'm in this journey, you're in this journey, and let's walk side by side and let's live a better journey together. My name is Lucas Mack. I am the host of the Golden Rule Revolution, and I want to thank you for listening today. If this episode resonated in any way, shape, or form, like it, share it, comment, rate this podcast, get the message out there. We are on a mission together to be Golden Rule Revolutionaries, to stand for people and to love people, for that is our greatest purpose. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Yeah.